0: Indeedy, they are, and we get these answers to questions all the time. Bringing in our friend Tom Korsky, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Hello, Tom. Hi, Alex. This is a big talker um, in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, grocers lobbyists yesterday denying allegations of profiteering. And, of course, we've been talking about the profit margins in food stores, grocers that average about 3%. And so the Commons Finance Committee... Was told, um, you know, look into this Jagmeet Singh wants an investigation as to whether, you know, grocers have been hiking up uh, greed inflation. Uh, there has been no evidence of this happening. And so how much of this is politics, Tom, and how much of it is actually warranted on, you know, they think they've got something.
1: Well, Finance Committee will get to the bottom of it, I think, but they do have testimony on the face of it, not mm-hmm. only from the lobbyists for the big supermarket chains, but also you know, the food professor, Charlebaugh, Professor of Dalhousie yeah. University, Agra Analytics Lab, and he says he doesn't see any evidence of profiteering either, albeit, he testified, some of these price increases are a little bit shaky. Uh, when you see cooking oil, up 50% year over year. That doesn't add up. Spaghetti, 18%. Some of these price gains are pretty substantial. At the end of the day, everyone, you know, if there's an unloved group of people in an inflation <laughs> storm, it's your grocer, right? But, yeah. but someone's going to have to come up with evidence. It's not enough to make the allegation, as Mr. Singh has uh, if there's profiteering, find it. A lot of these are publicly traded companies anyway.
0: Yeah, and we know that Mr. Trudeau has got a pretty tight uh, relationship with the Westons. I mean, they gave him a lot of money for his fridges. So, um, you know, uh, and if he wants to get to the bottom of it and help the middle class, he'll look into it. I'll be curious to see where this goes and how long it takes to get to the bottom of it. Meanwhile, here we go with yet another saga chapter with the uh, CMHC. Um, You know, because we keep getting these little tidbits that you keep digging up, shown through confidential emails by the Professor Paul Kershaw of the University of British Columbia, who keeps talking about, you know, we need a wealth tax on homes, we need a tax on homes, because... You know, we think it's time to ask the 10% owning Canada's highest value real estate to tolerate the small price on housing inequity in order to demonstrate an allegiance to the Canadian dream of home ownership. And so CMHC, which is not supposed to be in the business of shilling for how, um, you know, how this kind of stuff goes and our sale value, they keep talking about taxing our home. The Liberals keep saying, no, no, not a thing. And yet it keeps coming up.
1: Yeah, you, you know what the wealth tax is when uh, when when you look at the advocates of the home equity tax, you know the kind of property they're talking about. They're talking mm-hmm. about a post-war bungalow in Moore Park. They're not talking. It would cost about, a
0: billion dollars in Toronto. Okay, honestly, it, <laughs> in it, Toronto, it, it,
1: it, exactly. So what's striking is these were internal emails uh, from University of British Columbia, where the advocates of this tax were. They were paid four hundred and fifty thousand by CMHC, which has a fetish about a home equity tax. And in the emails, the lead researcher says it would be a demonstration of allegiance. It would be a patriotic act for homeowners to pay an equity tax. And you say, wow, like, you can just hear the international playing, you know? You talk about the red flag. If, uh, if the emails he gets after he publishes the report from homeowners are absolutely hilarious. Some of them are profane, but they all have one theme. And they say, as one homeowner emailed the professor... Uh, good luck with that, buddy. If you want to come from my house after 45 years of my spouse and I blood, sweat, and tears to pay down our mortgage so that when we are too old and sick to work anymore, we will not wind up in the street. And now it is my patriotic duty to pay a tax because the professor says so. You, you, <laughs> how do you think I that think. one's going to end? Exactly.
0: Yeah, no, it would be. um, I mean, I I urge anybody on the left to run on this because you're basically for the whole middle class. This is it. There's no pension. There's no benefit. Like there's this is the retirement plan. And so if if all of a sudden they're going to start taxing this in this fight against. Well, if they don't have it, then you have to be penalized for having it, too. It's not going to end well.
1: It's, it's also this concept of, frankly, you know, there was, there's trillions in private equity wrapped up in people's little yeah. bungalows. And it drives some, apparently, uh, executives at CMHC crazy that they can't get their mitts on it. But this is the concept of the world. So if you happen to live in the greater Toronto area and you paid down your mortgage and mm-hmm. you happen to get a benefit because of appreciation of values that somehow you're cheating Canada... What what the hell is that? You know, who, who, who in a federal insurer at CMHC would come up with that concept? But they did that somehow if they could just get their claws on those people and make them do the right thing so that CMHC can take the money and make us a better country. Are you kidding me?
0: Hey, no one's stopping these people if they want to do it have at her. I, you know, there's nothing stopping those who think it's not fair from throwing in money from their own. I welcome them to do it, but not everyone should have to do that. Meanwhile, a warning coming from Ontario, on Ottawa's financial watchdog, Eve Giroux, saying that interest rates will see a doubling of federal debt charges within four years and warning the Senate Bank Committee that uh, our federal debt is going to go from $23 billion to $46 billion, which is higher than the entire budget for military spending.
1: Debt uh, service charge is absolutely catastrophic. This is what they never mentioned when they borrow a lot of money over the pandemic, and Cabinet did borrow a half trillion. The debt ceiling, federal debt ceiling, went up 56%. That was a vote. A lot of people didn't notice that. There's some confusion. Apparently, when you borrow the money, you have to pay it back. You don't hear that from the Minister of Finance, who talks about opaque concepts of debt to GDP, etc. There's no magic. There's no magic here. And when the budget office says, your fastest growing program, think of it as a new government program, it's going to cost an extra $20 billion starting next year. It is going to surpass the expense of national defense. It's going to be debt service charges. You're going to go up to about $45 billion a year. So the next time someone says, why is the hospital emergency room closed? You can say, well, you remember during the pandemic and they spent the money on the ventilators that no one needed mm-hmm. but the ex-liberal mm-hmm. MP and it all went to the warehouse. That's why. No magic. Okay. It's, it's raw arithmetic.
0: Yeah, no one seems to really care about it. Meanwhile, I do think that this is interesting. Um, the Commons have passed a bill into law that's going to amend aid to jurors who are traumatized by graphic testimony in criminal courts. This is something that was... Uh, Brought forward by a a former jury foreman, Mark Ferrand, who witnessed um, a 2014 murder trial. I covered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trials because I covered courts. So I'm sure that's what's made me so screwy Uh, because you see a lot of bad stuff. And and if you are a juror and you're not used to that, um, you know, it it can be a lot. But they are going to get some uh, assistance or support now.
1: Really striking. It took a long time to pass that bill, Alex, uh, sponsored by uh, Michael Cooper from uh, Edmonton. You know, mm-hmm. this is one of those little bills that you don't often hear about that actually makes life better for some yeah. people. And essentially, the bill says under an obscure 1972 law, if you are a juror in a, one of these horrific, gruesome trials and you have to mm-hmm. look at autopsy of, of pictures and police videos, and you have mental health issues afterwards, you cannot discuss it with a counselor for fear mm-hmm. of breaching juror secu- secrecy. Are you kidding me? It took them five years to pass the bill. Yes. What does the bill say? Get help. If you served your community by being impaneled at one of these horrific trials, You can actually talk to a psychiatrist afterwards, and the police won't go after you. You listen to some of those uh, jurors who testified in committee, Alex, some of them in tears. Lost jobs, Mm -hmm. lost marriages. I can't look at my children. I gag at the sight of raw meat. Honestly, why did this bill take five years? But it did, and it'll help.
0: It will help. Look, I've got autopsy. I've got shots and visuals that come into my head every single day and almost at the same time of certain cases I've covered, mostly the children. um, And they they flash in my face. So there are certain images that I see every single day from 20, years ago in court. They don't go away. And so uh, I do think that this is is a, a win for the little guy. Interesting stuff. All right, Tom, there was more, but we're out of time. Always have a great day.
1: Thank you, Alex. You too.
0: That is Tom Korsky, and of course he's with Blacklock Supporter. It is subscription-based, but you get your money's worth. And it is true. Look, that is a small thing, and I should actually get that uh, gentleman on uh, the show, uh, Mark Ferrant. He fought really hard for this, and he's right. Look, you see stuff in courts that 90% of the time, you don't hear about it because it's too graphic. So it stays bottled up in your head. It's awful.